If you're looking for the most in-depth coverage of Notre Dame football, there's no better place than irishillustrated.com. Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, and the crew, these guys do an excellent job. Been good friends with them for, for years. And uh, this week I got a chance to speak with Tim O'Malley to get his thoughts on Chip Long leaving, whether Ian Book and Cole Komet are staying, and to break down the matchup with Iowa State. Here's my conversation with Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated. All right, uh, Tim, let's start with Chip Long. I think many anticipated the possibility of him departing this year, but uh, I think more so people thought, hey, maybe get a head coaching job or or choose to leave to become offensive coordinator at another school. I'm not sure. At least I saw him being let go. Did that surprise you? And what's your take on uh, kind of why this all went down the way it did? It, it surprised me they pulled the trigger. I, you know, I, 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 was, I was shocked they pulled the trigger. Um, I know there was friction. Uh, with Chip Long, there had been friction with Chip Long and a few important players, or I guess I should say a few players, including guys from last year's team that might still be on this year's team uh, if if this change would have been made. But uh, you know, you don't make you don't make that change when you're 12 and 0. You go to the playoffs. It's kind of hard to change coordinators. But their success this year, I was still surprised that Brian Kelly pulled the trigger. I just think this is one of those instances where even when he doesn't spell it out, it is pretty truthful that. We were having problems in communication with Chip Long and notably Jeff Quinn, I believe, who uh, Long never wanted to be the offensive line coach. But, you know, you don't always get what you want, and you're a coordinator, and, and he, he kind of works for you or reports to you a little. I think it, that is on Long for not adapting to who he had to work with. And if you're going to make it an abrasive relationship, I think it was a good move by Brian Kelly. I thought when you really break it down, Chip Long did a pretty good job save for a few games, and yes, I know those are the losses, so that's what people remember, but he brought a running emphasis back, if not always success, and as much as Notre Dame fans love tight ends, school record for tight ends at the position this year, you know, if, if I'd have told you Notre Dame is going to run the ball more than they used to during Long's tenure for three years, and he's going to set a school record with 10 tight end touchdowns, you probably would have signed up for that when uh, Chip Long was hired. So what's next? What do you think happens here? Uh, obviously, Tommy Reese could be an internal candidate. They could go outside. What, what do you think they ultimately do here? If if, if I had to guess, and it, it really is because I, I think they will search, I, I, I would like to see them go for the external hire and let Reese learn under him. Um, Reese can help with game planning, but it, I, I think it's difficult for to, to kind of grow his chops in, in the coordinator role at a Power 5 school. I think it's difficult to ask Tommy Reese to be calling plays against Wisconsin and Brent Venables of Clemson and USC next year and everything you need to do to get Notre Dame to a playoff berth where if, if your search comes up fruitless, I, I'm sure they'll go to Reese. But I think a national search is the most important thing. They did it. They were successful with Mike Stanford. I mean, they, he, he had a successful offense. He coincided with Brian Van Gorder's unsuccessful defense. And I, I believe Chip Long was successful, especially if you just look at you know most games. I, I would go outside um, outside the room and – I would stick with the emphasis, though, of a, a coordinator that likes the two tight end sets because that's what you have right now at Notre Dame. They always seem to be a little bit better when your your focus is two tight ends rather than three receivers. And, you know, they're never getting away from Brian Kelly's main goal as an offense in the spread. Um, but I would love to see a national search bring in a top-tier candidate and Tommy Reese staying as quarterback's coach, the, a guy that learns to uh, develop game plans as time goes on. I think what will happen is Tommy Reese will be hired. Hmm. 
Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Okay, Tim, uh, Cole Komet, you think he's coming back for sure now that he got a second-round grade? Um, I think that really helps. I, I think he'll come back. It's uh, He is a guy that when you get the second-round grade, his next grade next year will be a first-round grade. I mean, he just has to develop more as a blocker, stay healthy. He's going to be the focal point of the offense next year. Um the All-American Mackey Award candidate walking in. He's a captain candidate as well. As you know, we uh, talked to Cole Komet more than we talked to Ian Book or anybody else on this football team. So I do think it'll help a lot. I think he will be back. I don't think he was 100% dead set on returning when he told us that back in November because nobody really ever is if they get a first-round grade and find out that there are greener pastures with plenty of money awaiting them. But he does seem like a guy that knows he could benefit from a year coming back, and uh, that is huge because he makes a – I mean, he's probably the difference between being able to go up there and beat Wisconsin in Lambeau Field and having a go-to guy for Ian Book and a security blanket all year and, and not winning that game. Well, you mentioned Ian Book. Is he definitely coming back? What's your take on that one? I'm, I still uh, – I've said I it to you guys. I still am worried about that one. For some reason, he gave me a bad feeling the way he, he – ended the season in terms of his mindset. But, I mean, I'm not saying he's definitely leaving. And maybe the Chip Long thing helps him in terms of wanting to stay. So I don't know what, what your take is on all that. I think you said it right there. I, I get what you're saying about the way he kind of left it open-ended and he wasn't going to kind of commit to it and really didn't want to talk about it. I think Chip Long being gone will definitely sway Tom, uh, Ian Book to stay. Uh, it, it 100% eliminates the thing we, we really didn't think would happen anyway, but it was out there that he would grad transfer. Yes. I mean, if that happened, that would have been. Now there is no chance he's going to grad transfer. It doesn't make any sense at all. He, Tommy Reese will be his quarterback's coach, regardless if he's his coordinator or not. So Ian Book, I believe, will stay. He has a good, great relationship with the rest of the staff. And now, if he has an, I just don't see an amazing game by Ian Book being something that changes his mind because he's got to know he's not a high draft pick. And he can really help them make a run next year. I, I, if he was a better quarterback, uh, I mean, a better pro prospect, if he was Brady Quinn coming out of college and he was getting a first-round grade, I think he would go. But I, that, that's not him. I think he's a better – I think he'd be a really good fifth-year senior quarterback coming back uh, with kind of a, a new lease on life with a new coordinator. Does one of the players' decisions affect the other? If, if Cole Komet suddenly decides, I'm going – does that affect Ian Book and vice versa? What do you think there? Because I think that, I, that, I, that could be a chicken in the egg that does play a factor. Yeah, it, it probably should play a factor, but I don't think it will. I think you're probably committed more to your, your entire group of teammates and, and you know, you're advancing your career. But, boy, you're making a business decision and there's no Cole Komet. Your business decision might change. I, I understand that. I don't think it will. I think maybe it would for the two of us that are older and cynical and we don't want to come back to throw to not Cole Komet. <laughs> but I don't think it's probably going to work that way for them. Um, and I'm wondering who did a bigger backflip uh, when they when they changed coordinators out, if it was Phil Dracovic, the backup quarterback, or Jeff Quinn. <laughs> That's very, very true all the way around. Speaking of new lease on life, yes. yes. <laughs> Irish Illustrated's Tim O'Malley is our guest here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays as we get you set for Notre Dame and Iowa State in the Camping World Bowl kickoff at noon today in Orlando. All right, uh, when this bowl game was announced, a lot of fans disappointed. It was the Camping World Bowl, terrible name. The opponent was Iowa State. Many are saying this is a wasted game, doesn't mean too much. I'd say it means a lot because if the Irish 
lose the game, then uh, people are going to trash this season, uh, coupled with the loss to, to Michigan. Uh, what are your thoughts on what's kind of on the line in this game? I'm right there with you with a uh, with one positive of that was the same situation for the pinstripe bowl of Rutgers, but there was no carrot at the end. I do believe an 11 win season is a nice carrot to have when you if you can go beat. Doesn't matter who you beat in the bowl game a month later. You're an 11 and two football team going the off season. Totally agree with you. There's a lot more to lose than there is to gain by that 11th win, just because it would be. I mean, it's it'll be pretty big news if Iowa State, only a three and a half point underdog, beats Notre Dame. And I will tell you that. Uh, Talking to Alex Halstead, who writes for um, 24-7's Cyclone Alert, uh, their fans and players are a lot more excited, comparatively speaking, than Notre Dame's for this. That is that is an undeniable element of this game. It matters, of course, a lot more for the players. 99%. I don't think a fan base, I don't think the, uh, it's not going to be like a rabid crowd, even if there's a lot more Iowa State people there. Um, I think Notre Dame, when they heard Camping World Bowl, the first three problems they had with it were Camping World Bowl, Camping World Bowl, Camping World Bowl, <laughs> and then the cherry on top was Iowa State. You, if you could have thrown Texas on there, by the way, a worse football team than Iowa State, for sure. You could have thrown Texas on there, people would have been a little bit happier, including ESPN, but it didn't work out that way, and they probably got the worst type of opponent. No credit for beating them, and it's a team that can beat you. Yeah, what what concerns you the most is Iowa State's defense. You know, they got a veteran defense coordinator, unique scheme, and then Reese calling the plays, and he's never done that before. Or is it, is it their offense that, you know, averages 34 points a game? I got to go logically with what you said first there, that Reese calling the plays against John Haycock, who is a great mind as a defensive coordinator in a unique scheme. Um, it, it seems like, just logically speaking, you have to have a little bit of a hitch in the machinery when you lose Chip Long, who did a good job in between the lines on game or between the headsets on game days. I think that's, that's the one thing you really got to concern yourself. Can you get to that 30 points where it's not coming down to the end? Clark Lee's defense. I mean, he has done a phenomenal job basically in all but two games in his career. One, he was simply overmatched by Clemson and number two, of course, we all know Michigan. Um, I have a lot of faith in Clark Lee and the defense playing for him. Not that the offense isn't playing for Brian Kelly and Tom Reese and Lance Taylor, but they've just had an interruption in, in their, their creatures of habit. Brian Kelly talks about the process of creatures of habit all the time, and uh, you, you have to assume it's just going to be a little bit more difficult with this situation. Brock Purdy, the Iowa State quarterback, ranked fifth in the in the country in completions per game, passing yards, total offense. Uh, where does he rank among the quarterbacks Notre Dame has faced this year, and what are his uh, biggest strengths that makes him that good? You know, he reminds me of Bryce Perkins um, from Virginia when Perkins had a little bit was a little bit healthier. I don't think he's been healthy all year with that knee. He was a, a better runner, could escape more than Notre Dame fans saw. Uh, you know, Jake Fromm is obviously the quarterback that he did not have the exact year he wanted, but if, if he had real wide receivers or, or better wide receivers, I think he would have. Fromm is the number one guy I think they face. Um, Purdy is probably, with, the, with quality receivers, he's at least the third biggest challenge, you know, Keaton Slovis at uh, USC stepping in there. When you consider his weapons, that's that's all part of the challenge, right? I'm, I'm, I will say I'm glad that uh, if you're a Notre Dame fan, the Iowa State is not bringing Michael Pittman, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Tyler Vaughn to the equation okay. because they changed the game. Uh, but definitely Purdy is the straw that stirs that drink, and he's the guy that can make plays even if Clark Lee has the right call and, and Notre Dame's players are in position. So that's the challenge. Um I'd still rather face a guy like that than a guy like Jake Fromm who has gone against Alabama and everybody else. You know, it, it, As we know, uh, 
Jake Fromm didn't blink when the gate when it came down the game on the line. There, he was able to pull out the second half. Irish Illustrated's Tim O'Malley joining us here on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Uh, you know, Tim, Matt Campbell's name's been thrown around quite a bit over the years for for big jobs, and including maybe he'd be the future Notre Dame uh, coach. You, you think this is a big game for him? You know, to maybe show Notre Dame fans or administration that hey, maybe you should be looking my way when Brian Kelly decides to retire, whenever that is down the line in the next few years. Yeah, it could be. It could have been even bigger if this was a couple years down the line and Brian Kelly was closer, um, or if Brian Kelly was uh, nine and nine and three football coach right now, um, because or, or an eight and four football coach. Then it really could be. Yeah, I've heard of. I, I'm interested to watch Matt Campbell operate in this. That I think the story to this game is how much Iowa State put in specifically to Notre Dame in bowl pre- preparation, and how much Notre Dame did not for Iowa State. And I get it. It is they had to they had to recruit. They had to refresh. They practiced, but I don't think they got into Iowa State on until right around practice six, and they're only going to get 10 or 11 in. So I could see Iowa State was probably really drilling down on Notre Dame. It'll be interesting to see what Campbell comes up with. I, you know, I expect Brian Kelly to sign an extension here shortly just because you, you don't have a, a lame duck Brian Kelly going into 2021 where, heck, he may not coach past 2022, but to have the year there, the extra year or two there, it just makes, it makes sense for a guy that's been there over a decade and Campbell could be the guy. I've always looked at Matt Rule, too, and clearly what he's done at Baylor keeps him in position for that. Um, and as long as they don't sign on at a bigger gig, they're going to remain the main guys because, boy, would Matt Rule and Matt Campbell like to go from Iowa State or, or Baylor and Iowa State to Notre Dame. All right, ultimately, what, how does this one play out? What do you think happens here between Notre Dame and Iowa State? You know, I, I have a little bit of faith in uh, what I saw in November is the real Notre Dame offense, at least not against great teams. I think Iowa State's a good team. They don't get blown out, but I'm having trouble. I never want to give a an offense more than 21 points against Clark Lee unless they're, I mean, I would if it was the playoff game. I'd be giving them more than 35 points. But when you're playing a team of this level, I think Clark Lee can hold them down to a couple touchdown drives and a couple of field goals. Um, and I think the offense we saw with Ian Book a little bit healthier now in the running game too. Tony Jones, of course, got hurt against Michigan. We keep saying Jafar Armstrong, we probably shouldn't until next year. I mean, if you had abdominal surgery, you or I, we wouldn't walk to get the mail, much less ask to run the ball like Jafar Armstrong. But I like what they brought in with Braden Lindsay, and I'm in that uh, Notre Dame gets to 30, and uh, Iowa State doesn't get past 21 range. Wow. All right. Sounds good. Tim, thank you very much. Uh, enjoy your time in Orlando. I appreciate it. And always remember, don't take betting advice from anybody because we're always wrong in these situations. So there's a, re- there's a reason that spread is three and a half, Anch, and it's not because we know it. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, all right, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks again to Tim O'Malley. Head to irishillustrated.com today if you like the most inside information on Notre Dame. We spend money on extras in our life. That extra cup of coffee. The extra screen on our Netflix subscription. Or that extra fee for faster shipping. But what if the bit of extra you give was more than a temporal gratification? By giving a little of your extra to Redeemer Radio, you are investing in the eternal. Souls are being changed every day because of what is being broadcast through the airwaves. Be a part of someone's conversion. Give a little extra to Redeemer Radio.